welcome to the Holocene Mount Podcast Show. You've heard of the film Exorcist. Well, this is the true story that's inspired the film. Ronald Doe. The official correct Bell Noor neighborhood of St. Louis sits a beautiful colonial, colonial style house in Rackwood Drive. It looks normal to the outside with an old brick exterior. White shutters, framed walls, while huge trees and nearly manicured businesses dot the yard. Yet one of the most extraordinary horror stories turned over legends into in American history transformed this house to a landmark from the macabre provided the true story of the Exorcist. The Troubled Boy. This story, this true story of the Exorcist, begins in the late 1940s in a suburban Washington, D.C., a family called Unk. Hunker, H-U-N-K-E-L-E-R. This, their 13-year-old boy, believed to be named Ronald, later referred to pseudonymously in literature as Ronald Dale, among other names, as despondent over the loss of his beloved aunt Harriet. Spiritualists have talked to many things, including how to use a Ouija board. In early January 1949, shortly after Harriet's death, Ronald began to experience strange things. He heard scratching sounds coming from the floors, walls of his room, water dripped liquidly from the wall pipes and walls. The most troubling thing was his mattress would suddenly move. Disturbed, Ronald's family called the sought the help of every expert they knew. The hunkers, hunkers consulted doctors, psychiatrists, and even local the minister. But they did they were no help. Minister suggested they family seek the assistance of the Jesuits. Father E. Albert Hughes, the local Catholic priest, asked his superior's permission to form an exorcism on a boy in the late February of 1949. However, Hughes stopped the right when Ronald broke a piece of spring from the mattress to be struck to and lashed the priest across his shoulder. A few days later, the red scratches appeared on the boy. One of the scratches formed the word Lewis, which indicated the mother's, to Ronald's mother the family needed to go to St. Louis, where the hunkers had relatives in order to find a way to help their son. A cousin of the family was attending St. Louis University. At the time of Ronald's struggles, she put the hunkers in touch with Father Walter H. Hollinarun, a Reverend William Bold. Oh, dear. I was consulting with the university's president. These two Jesuits agreed to form an exorcism on young Arnold with the help of several assistants. <laughs> the men gathered at the residence of Rettenhock Drive in early March of 1949, when the exorcists witnessed scratching on the boy's body and the matches moving violently. They were the same types of things that had happened in Maryland when the first exorcist failed. These bizarre happenings, Bowen and Halloran, according to their reports, noticed a pattern on his behaviour. He was calm and normal during the day, but at night began setting for in for bed. He was a bit strange behaviour, including screaming and wild outbursts. Clearly details clearly that the identity of the, this is a true story of the exorcist. Ronald would 
also entered a trance-like state, start making sounds of a brutal nervous voice. Priest suppose he also saw mysterious flying objects in the boy's presence and noted he would react violently when he saw any sacred object presented by attending Jesuits. At one point, during the four weeks, during this, this week's long ordeal, Bone Dern reported saying he saw an X appear and scratches on Roland's chest when the priest believed, which the police signified the number 10. In, a, in another incident, a pitchfork shape pattern of red lines moved from the body's thigh and shake snake down towards his ankle. These types of things happen very every night for more than a month and everyone witnessing events believed that Ronald was possessed by ten demons. The two priests never gave up as they continued with the exorcism night after night. On the evening March twentieth the exorcism reached an unhealthy new level. Ronald urinated all over his bed and began shouting and cursing at the priests. Now Ronald's parents had enough. They took him to Alexander Barbara's hospital in St. Louis for more serious treatment. Finally, on April 18th, a miracle occurred in Ronald's room at Alexander Brothers. It was a Monday after Easter and Ronald awake with seizures. He, cried, he yelled at the priest, saying that Satan could always, would always be with him. The priest laid holy rugbits crucifix medals, rosaries and on the body on the boy. At ten forty five PM that evening, the attending priest called an, on Saint Michael to expel Satan from Ronald's body. They shouted at Satan saying that Saint Michael would battle him as Ronald's soul. Seven minutes later Ronald came out of his trance and simply said, He's gone. The boy recounted how he had a vision. As Saint Michael banished Satan in the great battlefield. There are no more documented instances of strange occurrences of behaviour after that, and Ronald went on to live a completely normal life from the movement up forward, despite proving Biden's true story of Exodus. No one will ever know about the exorcism of Ronald Doe, or would they have become the true story of Exodus, if not for the article called the Washington Post, which reported it in late 1949, a bet with few details that we that priest had indeed performed an exorcism. The case wouldn't make the headlines again for more than two decades. In 1971, an author by the name of William Peter Blatty penned the best-selling novel, The Exorcist, based on the unofficial diaries kept by the Holland and Bowen Dean. The book stayed an up but a stellar list for 54 weeks as Boulder hit the movie in 1973. The movie took liberties with its source material, turning a teenager to a twelve-year-old girl named Regan, not a boy called Ronald. Named Ronald. The movie also took place completely in Washington D.C. and Georgian town area, which is somewhat true to life since Ronald was hospitalised for a few weeks in Georgia in late February 1949. Although the scratches, shouting, spitting, red lines of the skin, the cursing. In the movie, m- mimicked what Ronald had experienced. Boy heard, never turned head, never turned 360 degrees like Regan did in the film. Similarly, Ronald never vomited green matter during his many transfers, nor did he use a bloody crucifix to masturbate. Following the exorcism of Ronald and Otto, 
family moved back to the East Coast. Sources say that Ronald, founder of the wife, started family, named his son Michael, after Saint believed to have saved his soul. Ronald is still alive today, being in his early 80s. Bo Dean, on the other hand, died in 1983, after serving the Catholic Church for decades. Ronald lived until 2005, he died of cancer. He was the last surviving member of the main team that performed the exorcism of Ronald Dolan. The room in Zen Brothers Hospital was boarded up and sealed following the exorcism. The entire facility was torn down in 1978. The house where the family lived in Maryland is now an empty lot after it was abandoned in the 1960s. Experts believe the real name of Ronald Dolan to be Ronald Hackler. Though many, only one person probably knows for sure. In 1993, author Thomas B. Allen wrote a non-fiction book entitled Possessed, The True Story of Exorcism. In writing the book, which relies heavily on Oland's accounted detailed accounts, Allen claims he uncovered the true identity and story of Ronald Doe, but has said that he had never revealed the person's real name. As for the cosy house of Moldova Drive, it sold to new owners in 2005 for $165,000. Perhaps the buyers embraced the property's legacy, reputation that claims that Satan may have lived once in the upstairs bedroom.